ready? Okay. <clears throat> I'm grateful that some have tuned in to hear this message today. You know, we see many documentaries on TV concerning the real G, the real who the real Christ may be or is. Most of the time they fall short in explaining how who the real Christ is. And so I want to introduce you today to the real Jesus Christ. Now, I'm not much of a preacher, but I do pray that you will enjoy it. I want you to, I'm going to turn to Acts, the second chapter, and the 21st verse, and I want to read that for, for my context today. Acts uh, 2.21 says, And it shall come to pass that whosoever shall call on the name of the Lord shall be saved. The title of my message today will be Jesus Christ, Who Is He? You know, we, 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 we have a day that everybody is focused up on Christ and His resurrection and, and such and this, but I, I want to introduce you to the real Jesus Christ. I want to introduce you to the biblical Jesus Christ and what the Bible teaches. Now I'm going to begin this message. I, I took my text from, uh, something that Peter that said concerning Peter, what Peter said in his great message. So I, I will borrow from the great message Peter preached on the day of Pentecost. The most unlikely apostle, the one who denied Christ three times, the one who cried when his Lord and Savior just looked at him as they led, as the authorities led him away, the same Peter, this same Peter, preached one of the greatest sermons I believe that's ever been recorded in the Bible. In Luke twenty-two sixty-one, it's recorded, and the Lord turned and looked upon Peter, and Peter remembered the word of the Lord, how that he has said unto him, Before the cock crow, thou shalt deny me thrice. It is also recorded in the Bible, and the second time the cock crew, and Peter, Peter uh, called to mind the words that Christ said unto him, before the cock crow th- uh, twice, thou shalt deny me thrice. Thou shalt deny me b- twice before the cock crows thrice. And when he thought upon, thereupon he wept. So, you know, Peter was deeply convicted concerning that uh, message there that uh, concerning uh, uh, when, you, when he sinned against the Lord and terrible sin, terrible sin. You know, f- for someone to deny the Lord, that's a terrible sin. But P- Peter, when Peter realized that, when his, when his heart was open and his spiritual self begin to realize that he wept, he cried. Now I want to say this before I get more deeper into this message. How many times have we just blatantly sinned against the Lord and never realized he has looked up 
on us many times. But we go about our daily life routine as usual and never shed a tear concerning our sin. We, we, we never, we never, we never shed a tear. I, I, it's been a long time, long, long time since I've ever seen anybody shed tears concerning their sins, especially as, uh, uh, one of God's children. Now, I don't know about you, but it is, it weighs heavily upon my mind as I grow closer to the judgment day. You know, each day I live, I'm growing, I'm growing closer and closer to the judgment day. And, and the sins that I've committed, the sins I've committed against the Lord weighs heavily upon me, weighs heavily upon me many times because I know, as if you know the scriptures, as you know, that someday I'm going to have to stand before God and give an account for those. And, and, there are some sins that I've committed that I've cried about. And I really have. I've gone to the Lord and cried about them and, 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 and sought repentance and, and, and confessed them. And, and the Lord uh, realizing, even though I did that, realizing that the Lord paid for all of my sins some 50 some years ago. But you know, this is, uh, this is something that we really need to know today, you know, when Peter when the Lord looked at Peter, he looked at Peter with, with eyes and a, and a face that caused Peter to be convicted. Well, let's, let's remember that, that we, we, we look to the Lord every day. I mean, we, 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 the Lord looks, looks to us every day because we find ourselves in more sin than we want to be in sometimes. But it's, it's, I'm so thankful that uh, that there are times when the Lord does convict me and, and there are times when I do hate the sin that I committed. And so I pray that we'll understand this. You know, Peter, you know, some people may say, and I've heard it said, I've heard it said, what right does Peter have to, to preach this message that he preached? What right did he have to stand up and say, well, he had ever right because of that very episode there when Peter, when, um, when the Lord saw him and he, he was convicted of it, I said, why wouldn't he be the one that would stand up and preach this message that he did? You know, that, the apostles were there, but, uh, Peter was the only one that stood up and said, fellas, I've got something to say. And so he preached this great message that, that I've been, I'm talking about right now, you know, uh, we're awful sinners. We are, all of us are. Peter was an awful sinner, but boy, God bless that message. I, my understanding is that there was nearly 5,000 souls saved as a result of this message that Peter preached. But I tell you, it's a great, it's a great thing to know that even though we've sinned, even though we've, we've sinned against the Lord, he can still use us. He can clean us up, and he can still use us. We don't. We don't have to. Uh, we don't have to go to church ten times to pay for it. That's legalism. We we don't have to pray ten prayers to pray pay for it. That's legalism. We don't have to put so much money in the offering box in order to pay for our sins. That's legalism. But I tell you, folks, the Lord 
loves his children, he saves his children, and he saved them for eternity. Yes, they're going to sin, and I, I think some people just try to prove that, that, that they can sin, but uh, we shouldn't do that. We, sh- we should always be uh, very uh, uh, disappointed when we find ourselves doing things that we shouldn't do. Now, we need to know some things about this before we get started in who who is the real Jesus. We need to know the church of the Lord Jesus Christ at Jerusalem played a role in the introduction of Jesus, as Peter was introducing them to Jesus here in this message. Peter preached this great message under the authority of the church at Jerusalem. He was not freelancing. This was not freelancing. Some people said, well, Peter didn't have any right to just stand up and start preaching. He would, Peter was not freelancing like some do today. Peter was preaching by the authority of the church there at Jerusalem because that's where they were. That's, that's where they were at the time. They were at the church at Jerusalem. And it's just like uh, uh, anyone in Landmark Baptist Church except for those that are forbidden to, to speak uh, out. But it's, it's okay that if anyone in Landmark Baptist Church, any man in Landmark Baptist Church wants to stand up and give his testimony, that's fine. And, and uh, because if it's weighing up hard upon their heart, then that's fine for them to do that. So Peter preached the great message under the authority of the Church of Jerusalem. He did not freelance. Now let's get into some thoughts here for just a few minutes. What time we got left here? It's, it's not. A, I don't. I don't. I'm not preparing long messages because I've I've listened to people uh, on the internet myself, and when the messages get too long, it gets tiresome. You know, listening it really does, and so that's the reason that I haven't made these messages too long. Now, who is the real Jesus Christ? Who is the real Jesus Christ? Well, Peter introduces him to those wicked Jews here here in the book of Acts. He introduces them. He said, Ye men of Israel, hear these words. Jesus of Nazareth, a man approved of God among you by miracles and wonders and signs, which God did by him in the midst of you, as ye, ye yourselves also know, him being delivered by the determining counsel See, this was something he had to do. He was going to do. It didn't make any difference. Uh, uh, Christ was born for one reason. He was born to go and die for his children. And, and certainly that's what he did. Him being delivered by the determining counsel and the foreknowledge of God, ye have taken, ye have taken, by wicked hands have crucified and slain, whom God hath raised up, having loosed the pains of death, because it was not possible that he should be holding up to them. Now, what a great thought. What a great, what a great, that's a message within itself. But yet Peter preached a lot longer than that. That's a message within itself there. You know, Peter, uh, Peter introduces him to those wicked Jews, and he introduces him as first as one that died. He introduces him as one that was buried. He introduced them then as one that resurrected from the dead. And certainly that's the message of the gospel. Gospel of Lord Jesus Christ. And so he, he, he showed further proof that this is the real Jesus. The real Jesus was the one that, that, uh, went to Golgotha's hill 
and died on, on Calvary's tree. Jesus was the real one that was put in a tomb and was buried for not, not from Friday to Sunday, but from buried three days and three nights as, as, um, as, uh, Jonah was in the belly of the whale. Three days and three nights. Jesus was in the belly of the earth. Three days and three nights. And as a result of that, this was the real Jesus. The real Jesus was one that when they went in the tomb, they couldn't find him. The, the rock, the, the stone had rolled back, and they, they ran in the tomb, and they couldn't find him. But what they did find was they found that his grave clothes was, was folded, laying there. And he, he, didn't, he, didn't, he didn't come out of there any other way but the way he wanted to. He walked out of there. He walked out of that tomb. He walked out of that tomb, and, and it wasn't long after that till those uh, uh, disciples was on the way to Emmaus, and Jesus spoke to them. He spoke to them after that time, and as a result of it, they didn't know who he was. He didn't reveal himself to them. And what those those on the road to Emmaus, Emmaus they said, Lord, did not our hearts, did not our hearts, play within us did not our hearts yearn within us when he was talking to us well let me tell you folks that's the real jesus this this jesus that people are preaching today is a jesus that is not in the bible now secondly who is the real jesus christ who is the real jesus christ well david foretold of his true kingship right here in the book of acts it says in the 25th verse of the second chapter, For David speaketh concerning him, this is, this is Peter quoting, For David speaketh concerning him, I foresaw the Lord always before my face, for he is on my right hand, that I should not be moved. Now David knew who the real Jesus was. David knew who the real Jesus was. Uh, uh, Paul knew who the real Jesus was. All the, all the apostles knew who the real Jesus was because they walked with him and they talked with him. They knew who the real Jesus is. And, and believe it or not, by faith, we know who the real Jesus is. We, we know who he is. We, we know that the, the one that we have believed and we have trusted, we know that is the real Jesus. Well, he goes on to say here, Therefore did my heart rejoice and my tongues was glad. Moreover, also my flesh shall rest in hope. No one who has ever met the real Jesus has ever gone away saying, He did my heart good. He did my heart good. He did my heart good. He did my heart good in 53 years ago, as of this past March. He did my heart good. And, and David said when, I, when, when he stood beside me, he said, He did my heart good. Look what he says here. He says, because thou wilt not leave my soul in hell. Now, that word hell there is trouble some people. Jesus' soul, David's soul did not go to hell. Or indeed, Jesus was not in hell. That word hell means a grave. So that's, that's, that's the resting place of, of everyone someday until the rapture. He says, he did not, he says, because thou 
wilt not leave my soul in hell, neither wilt thou suffer the Holy One to see corruption. Thou hast made known to me the ways of life, that thou shalt make me full of joy with thy countenance. Boy, I tell you, when we when we know Jesus is near, he near. Now we've we've got an empty, really an empty congregation here today. Who I've I've got my regular faithful one, but uh, we got a we got um, our is is empty today. But that doesn't mean that Jesus is not here. That doesn't mean he's not here in Landmark Baptist Church just because the church can't meet today. And it doesn't mean that you can't. Learn and see today what it means to have the real Jesus, the real Jesus Christ. And he goes on to say, Men and brethren, let me freely speak unto you of the patriarch David, that he is both dead and buried, and his scepter is with us even unto today. Therefore, being a prophet, and knowing that God has sworn with, a, with an oath to him that of the fruit of his loins... According to the flesh, he would raise up Christ to sit on his throne. Now, boy, David died knowing he knew he knew these things. Just like, just like we, I've had some, I've had some preacher friends. One, one dearly, brother David Collier, that's gone on. I know brother David Collier knows even today, even today, that Jesus rose from the dead. He knows that today, and Brother David Collier knows, even though he's in the grave, even though he is in the grave today, David Collier knows that God's not going to leave his soul in hell. All those who have gone in the grave, all those who have gone on before him, they know, they know that he's not going to leave them there. It was Job. It was Job who, who probably one of the oldest characters of the Bible. Job was along long before uh, even Abraham and all those. But even Job, Job says, Someday, someday I will see him alive. Job said, Someday, someday I know that he shall, he shall raise up and he shall raise me up and I shall live with him. I'm just paraphrasing. Job, Job said those things back, way back there. We're talking about back when, when, you know, time wasn't even numbered or said in those days. That the beginning of the creation, somewhere close to the beginning of the creation, Job says, I know my Redeemer liveth, and I know someday I shall see him in my flesh. And I want to tell you here today, if you know the real Jesus, you know the real Jesus, you're going to see him someday in your flesh. We're going. To, the last thought I have today has to do with who the real Jesus is not. And so we'll get to that in just a moment. Somebody may say, well, when are you going to get to that? Well, we'll get to that in just a moment. Now, who is the real Jesus Christ? Who is the real Jesus Christ? His resurrection is proof that he lives today in this preacher's heart. Who is the real Jesus Christ? I'm going to tell you, he's right here. He's in my heart. I don't know if you folks can see that out there, but he's in my heart. I know he's real. I know he lives. I know he lives, for he lives within my heart, as the song says. I know he lives. I know he's alive. I know the real Jesus. I, I, I know who he is. 
And I pray you do too. The Bible speaks of His Lordship. Acts 2 and verse 32 says, says, then Jesus, this Jesus, this real Jesus that I'm talking about in Acts 2.32, this real Jesus hath God raised up, whereof we all are witnesses. Therefore, being by the right hand of God exalted, and having received of the Father the promise of the Holy Ghost, he has shed forth this which he, which ye now see and hear. Oh boy. Isn't that something, that great promise? That great promise. You know, what, what kind of comforter we have? We have the Holy Spirit. What kind of comforter we have in days like this? We've got days like this. We need a comforter. I'm telling you, if this, if this thing goes on much longer, I'm probably going to explode. I'm serious about this. I, I get tired of, I get tired of coming preaching to an empty building. I never get tired of preaching to my favorite, uh, 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 member, but, but I get tired of coming and preaching to an empty building. I'm going to explode if this thing goes on much longer. But I'm, I'm, I'm thankful to God though that, that He has given me His Spirit, His Holy Spirit to comfort me whenever I get agitated. I'm, I'm going to say this and a lot of people may not they may not understand it, may not know it. I did not know what anxiety meant. I, I, I didn't. I had no idea what anxiety meant. And uh, but here lately, I've had some anxiety. Now I know what it means. I've I've, I've had people who tell me, you know, they they have a lot of anxiety. You know, they'll say you you just don't know what it's like. No, I didn't. I couldn't say I know what it's like because, as far as I know. I've never been that anxious about anything, but uh, now, now I am. I'm anxious about this thing. As Carmen and I were talking this morning, you know, I, I went to Bilo the other day, and I wore a mask, and I wore glasses that covered my eyes up, and I walked around through that store, and, and people just, as Carmen said, you know, they come rub up against you, and you jump back, you know, and I, I've hugged every aisle. I've hugged every ever. Uh, uh, everything in one of those aisles before to stay away from people in there. But I, I need to realize, and we all need to realize that we have the comfort of the Holy Ghost to take care of us. You know, and, and I do agree with the lady that told me, she said, you know, preacher, she said, if, if we're going to have this virus and God's going, if God sees fit for us to have this virus, we're going to have it. If he don't, we won't. I understand that. But I also understand that you got to, you got to protect yourself. You got to be, you got to be, there's nothing God ever says in the Bible that doesn't have some reasonable consequences to it. You know, if we don't do the things that we should do, that's not legalism. That's just doing what God would have us to do. It's not legalism for us not to have church services. So, his resurrection is proof that he lives today in this preacher's heart. The Bible speaks of his lordship. Look at Acts 2, where well, we just read that, Acts 2, verse 32. There is a movement among modern Baptists today which teaches one can accept the Lord as Savior. One can accept the Lord as Savior, but can wait later to accept him as their Lord. Not so. I've got it in big, big letters here. Sister Kara Henry's taught me this. I've got it in big letters here. Heresy! 
I mean capital letters here in my in my notes. Heresy. It's heresy to say that you can accept the Lord, the Lord as your Savior day and wait later on when you want Him to be the Lord of your life. No, that's not so. That's heresy. If Jesus is your Savior, truly your Savior, this Jesus I'm talking about here. Now, some of them are talking about that wasn't a Jesus of the Bible when they talk about that. Now, I'm saying, I'm telling you folks, uh, when they preach those things, they're not preaching the Jesus of the Bible. Because the Jesus of the Bible says he's going to be your Savior and your Lord, your Lord and Savior. And so that's, uh, they're not teaching the Jesus of the Bible. If Jesus is your Savior, he is also your Lord, and he lords over your life. He lords over your life every day. He guides you. He directs you. He, he shows you. He leaves a footprint. And, and the first time, as I've said this before, the first time that your toes don't touch his heels, you're walking away from him. You're too far away from him. You know, your toes ought to be touching his heels every day as you walk. Now, who is the real Jesus Christ? Who is the real Jesus Christ? He is the message of all who testify of his death, burial, and resurrection. He's that message. The only message I have today is the death, burial, and resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ. That's the only message I have today. The only message I've ever had. Not just today, but the only message I've ever had. The only message anybody has if they're going to preach a real Jesus is his death, his burial, and his resurrection. Today, a lot is put on his resurrection. But how much is put on his death? You know, they say he died on Good Friday. Well, there was also a good Wednesday of that week, too. And so you, when you think, I'm not going to get into that argument because that, that's a pretty vast argument. But let, let me tell you, you know, not much is put in on the death of Christ. And not much is put in on the burial of Christ. But a lot is put on his resurrection. And there's nothing wrong with that. But the gospel takes in the death, burial, and the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ. <clears throat> on this day, on this day, I will preach to you the real Jesus, not the Jesus of imagination of the Roman Catholics and, and most Protestants. Peter preached repentance of sin and baptism. That is the public testimony which follows repentance. Acts 2 and verse 38. Here, here's an interesting verse here. Acts 2, 38 says, then, then Peter said unto them, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins. Oh, boy. The Camelites just jump up and down. They clap. They carry on. They go on like crazy. The Catholics go on like crazy. See, we told you. We told you that the Bible teaches that you have to be baptized to be saved. Well, let me read something else to you here. Something, something that's diabolically different than what the Catholics and the Camelites and many others teach concerning baptism. Jesus himself said, He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved, but he that believeth not shall be damned. Mark sixteen sixteen. He that believeth not shall be damned. Oh, yeah, it don't make no difference if you've been baptized, if you've been dunked under this water back here a dozen times. 
you know, if you've never truly believed upon the real Jesus Christ, you know, you're going to be damned. And let me tell you, you'll say, well, how do I know I believed upon the real Jesus Christ? You know it. Because if, if He changes your life and takes over your life and lords over your life, you, you know the real Jesus Christ. You know who He is and you know what He is. Now let me testify today that if you have any desire to be saved, then trust the real Jesus of the Word and to save you. Trust Him. Trust the real Jesus of the Word. I preached to you the real Jesus today. Peter preached the real Jesus here on the day of Pentecost. He, 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 he identified him, who he is. He identified him by his death, his burial, and his resurrection. David identified him as being one that had changed his heart and stood beside him. And then, uh, uh, Peter preached of, uh, of, of his, of his lordship. You know, he, Peter says down here in the 36th verse, Therefore, let all the house of Israel know surely that God hath made that same Jesus. Now look what Peter's saying there. That same Jesus whom ye have crucified, both Lord and Christ. What did, what did I have to do with the crucifixion? Well, my sins had a lot to do with it. What did, what did you have to do with the crucifixion? Your sins had a lot to do with it. You know, Sister Cara Henry sings some here. She, she sings on when he was on the cross, I was on his mind. Well, let me tell you something. He went to the cross with me on his mind. He, he was born in a, he was born in a manger with me on his mind. He, and if, if nobody else, I was on his mind. That's how personal it is to me. When he was born in a manger, he was, he, I was on his mind when he was in the temple at 12 years old, instructing those. He was on my, I was on his mind. And 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 when he was, when when he was walking up on the earth and dodging darts and dodging the devil and and dodging those that hated him, I was on his mind. The Bible says he set his eyes like flint toward that day, and he went there and he died. Well, what a great message that is! What a great message it is! I've often said this many times. If you're not truly saved, if God didn't save you from anything, you don't know the Lord. Because He saved you from something. He saved you from a life of sin, a life of living. And, and then you, you walk a church aisle. Now I'm going to say this. You walk a church aisle and you get your name on the church roll. And then you go out there and live any way you want to live. That's not right. Jesus didn't save you for that. Those Pharisees, those Pharisees, their salvation was in, could they do good works? Could they keep doing good works? Could they keep doing good works? You know, I've heard people walk up to caskets, and they'll look in a casket, and they'll say, oh, I'm, I'm just repeating the, probably the last one I heard. Oh, she was a great person. She was in church every Sunday. She was in church every Sunday, and I, I, I used to, Love to see her come to church. That's not what made her saved, being in church every Sunday. You can come to Landmark Baptist Church every Sunday and still die and go to hell. You can come to Landmark Baptist every church and listen to me preach and still die and go to hell. You, you can come to Landmark Baptist Church and you can sit here and sit here and sit here and sit here 
and then die and go to hell. You know why? It's because you don't know the real Jesus. I'm telling you the real Christ today. I'm telling you a Christ that will bring you down to your knees. I know there's a doctrine in the Bible that's called superlapsarianism. That's when God brings you down just as low as he can bring you. And then he begins to raise you back up. That's what he does. He brings a sinner down to his knees. He brings a sinner down as far as he can bring him down. I don't care who he is, what he is, what kind of person he is. He brings him down as far as he can bring him down. And then he begins to raise him back up. What a great blessing that is. That's that's the real Jesus. No man can preach you into heaven. And let me say this, no man can preach you out of heaven either. I, I can't preach you out of heaven. You know, some people told me, said one time they said, well, when you preach it, not everybody's saved. You're preaching some people out of heaven. I can't preach people out of heaven. I don't have that power. What kind of power do you think this preacher has? I already told you I'm not a very good preacher. Not much of a preacher. But what kind of power do you think this preacher has? I don't have the power to preach you into heaven. And I don't have the power to preach you out of heaven. You know, if you're saved today, you're going to heaven. If I'm saved today, I'm going to heaven. And as old as I am right now, I'm probably going before most of you. Like Brother Joe Wilson said, Brother Joe Wilson said to me one time, he sat down beside me at a Bible conference, and he said, I know you're jealous. I said, what am I jealous over, Brother Joe? He said, I'm jealous. You're jealous because I'm going to go to heaven before you do. And some of us made a trip up to Oklahoma to see him. He told me when he was up there, he was on his deathbed then. He told me up there, he said, I told you. I told you I'm going to be in heaven before you are. He said, you've got to be the most jealous person ever was. I said, well, Brother Joe, you do make me jealous. But I said, I'm thankful to God that I'm going to follow you. I'm going to follow you, Brother Joe. I said, the Bible says a day is a thousand years, a thousand years is a day. Move over, Brother Joe. I'm going to be right there in just a few minutes. I'm going to be right there in just a few minutes. I'm going to be there with you. What a great blessing it is. May this day be enjoyed, even though we can't be in the Lord's house. Salvation is the most important thing any man can or woman can have. So in your spiritual mind, enjoy this day. I thank you for listening. I thank you for coming on, and I hope and pray in some way I have blessed you.